Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. It is what it is. This is how you live your life. So James is writing this to a Jewish audience of believers who have scattered after the persecution, after the martyrdom of Stephen. And so he's writing this to church people because how many times, you know what, we don't realize a lot of times that I see people who read the Bible, who we get to some tough passages or some things, and we like, oh, that must be for people who don't know Jesus. How many of you know the Bible's written for people that know Jesus? So the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's about church folks. So what we're going to talk about today isn't for people that are outside the walls, it's for inside the walls. It's for the church folk. And so that's what James is doing. So James is very in your face. James is done, he doesn't pull no punches. James wants to get in your business. And he wants to stir the pot. And, he's, and you'll see it here. And so he wants to stir the pot because he's like, if you are a believer, you are going to act a certain way. It is what it is. And so James takes a lot of his things, but if you notice his writing, James really takes a lot of his, his, his influence from the book of Proverbs, which is why a lot of theologians will say that, Pro, that James is the Proverbs of the New Testament. But also he takes a lot from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So I would just challenge you as you read through this, read Proverbs and then over read the Sermon on the Mount, and you'll see there's a lot of similarities in things that James will say. And so James chapter 1, and I'm not going to go over that, but James chapter 1 is really, it's interesting because it's an overview of all the things that he's going to talk about in the rest of the book. So when we get to James chapter 2, we get to the first section of teaching of this is how you live your life, and it's this is how you treat people. And if there's any verses, or if there's any teaching that's needed today in the body of Christ and in our country, it's how do you treat people, especially people who don't look like you, who don't think like you, who don't act like you. How do we treat people? Why? Because it is what it is. And so, I mean, if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, and I'm going to read the last part of, of chapter one, um, because I think it's really uh, appropriate um, just the last statement, because how I many you know when the Bible was first written, it didn't have the chapter breaks in it and everything. It all kind of flowed together, and then later on, those things were added. But I believe going into this, we see something that's really clear. So at the very end of chapter 1, it says this, um, and it says, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And now he goes into saying, now here's how the world pollutes you. And it says, my brothers and sisters, and I want you to stop, I want to stop right there. He says, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. So he states it right there. I'm not talking to people that don't know Jesus. I'm not talking to the person that's outside of the doors. I'm talking to you, who is my brother and my sister in Christ. You who stand up and sing worship. You who say, man, I love Jesus. You who quote scripture. You that when you're asked how you're doing, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's who he's talking to here. He says, my brothers and sisters, believers in our Lord uh, Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. 
Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here is a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand here or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act of those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Wow, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot in there, but we're going to unpack it this morning. Now, what James is doing, he says, hey, my dear brothers and sisters, he's already set the stage. He's saying, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, dear brothers and sisters. And then he kind of sets up this scenario like a what would you do? You see, and he gives a scenario, and it's interesting because this is probably a scenario that he's seen in church. He's not just making this off the top of his head. He's talking like this, like he hasn't seen this happen a time or two. So what he does is he says, suppose this, that, hey, you got the situation, you're in church, and let me fix this mic here. You're in church, and he says, suppose you have a homeless man that comes in church. You know that they're poor, they're down on their luck, and they come in. But at the same time, oh, you have some bigwig comes in. He's wearing nice jewelry, got a nice suit. Oh, you could tell this man got some money. But then you say to the one, you tell the man that got some money that you think looks all good, you say, hey, we got VIP seating here for you. Come sit up front. This is the good seats. And then to the person that you see come in, oh, you know what? Mm, you, 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 can, you can sit up top. Or, or, you know what, you could stand in the back. Matter of fact, you go to overflow. You go to overflow. You go to, you go, you go, you know what, yeah, we don't, we don't want to inconvenience anybody because you smell, so we don't want to offend anybody. And so James says, that's what, that's what happens. There's, there's favoritism that's shown. So what is favoritism, though? Let's, let's get there. Favoritism. It's the unfair practice of treating people better than others. Hmm. That's deep right there. But favoritism isn't a word that we typically will use today a lot. So let me put it to you like this. Prejudice. Bias. Racism. 
discrimination, bigotry. These are all things that happen that we treat people unfairly, that we classify people unfairly, that we put people into categories unfairly. I told you, James is going to get deep here. He's about to get in your business. It is what it is. And so with James, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to cry. <laughs> so it is what it is. But he digs in your business. But that's how what happens today. Or let me put it to you like this. We have people that support Black Lives Matter. Or we got people that vote for Trump. Or we got people that think you should put up walls and borders. Or, you know what, you vote Republican, I vote Democrat. And so what happens is, it, 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 it happens in the church. Where you see a person walk in with a Black Lives Matter, and if that's your thing, you're, that's my boy! Somebody walks in with a MAGA hat. Somebody walks in with a Black Lives Matter shirt. Well, all lives matter. I don't know why they do. Somebody walks in with a Make America Great Again shirt. Oh, yes. That's the chosen one. Yes. America's great. Tell me, who stubbed on some toes today? Because it is what it is. That's what James is talking about. But then look what he says, though. He says this. He says, here it is, you treat people differently. You treat people differently. But then he talks about the levels of how we treat people, of how that discrimination, of how that favoritism happens. He says the first is how you treat people. Verse 2, he talks about this. He says, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes. They come in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes, stop right there. He's saying, by the very way you look at somebody, you treat them differently. They don't look like you think they should look. They don't look like you want them to look. They don't dress like you want them to dress. And so what you do is you give special attention to the one you think, the one that you think, should be the one that should be treated properly. James is saying, no, we don't do that here. We don't just look at somebody and put them in a category and we treat them better because they don't look like us, because they don't think like us, because they don't behave like we do. No, we don't do that. But then he says, it's not only in the way that you treat people, but it's even about the way you talk to people. So then he goes down to verse here and he says this, Listen, my dear brother, wait a minute, let me go back up. He says, if you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and you say, here is a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or you sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges? What is he talking about? People that are talking condescending. He said, not only do you judge people by the way they look, but then you have the audacity and the nerve to talk down like you're better than they are. 
So you tell the person that's on your side, hey, you sit here, you're, you're good. But then you talk down on the person who you think is beneath you because they didn't vote like you. So they don't have more, they, they don't have enough of God in them. You know what? They don't think like you. So you know what? They can just they can go over here. He's talking to church folks. And, and the sad thing is, I've seen this over the last couple of years get worse and worse and worse. Where what happens is we run to our corners instead of standing in the kingdom. And I've seen the vitriol, the words that people will say to one another that love the Lord, that is brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's the kicker. He says, here it are, you are discriminating against people, but yet isn't the ones that the walk in the door wearing the nice suits and the fine jewelry, those are the ones that are exploiting you. Those are the ones that are oppressing you. Those are the ones that's blaspheming the name of Jesus, and yet, like the Pied Piper, you're running right behind them. So he says the way you treat one another the way you talk to one another. But let me tell you, James goes a little bit deeper. He goes this. He says, it's not only how you treat one another, it's not only how you talk to one another, and I'll even add, it's not only talking to one another, but even how you talk about one another when they're not around. Because some of us, let's get real, church folks, we're really good at putting on facades. We're really good at smiling in someone's face and saying, oh, praise God, I love you. But then you get behind the corner. Do you know who they voted for? Do you know what just happened? Do you see the stuff they post on their stuff? You see what they tweet? But then he says this. He says, have you not discriminated against yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. He says, so it's not only how you treat one another, it's not only how you talk to one another, but what do you even think about one another? Yeah, James is going deep. He leaves no question that showing favoritism, having prejudice, bias, or discrimination is, there's no doubt, Matter of fact, he even goes down and he calls it that if you do this, it is a sin. So if in your heart you think you are better than someone else, in your heart, if you because of if you think that you're better because of what you think or what you believe or whatever, it says it's sin. It's a little quiet in here. And here's the thing that breaks my heart is that the church, this is the finest hour where we could be a light, where we could show how we are supposed to treat one another, how we're supposed to be with one another, even when we don't agree, but yet we have jumped in the mud and we have waddled in and we play the same game. And then have the audacity to say, well, hey, we want to quote scripture. This stuff doesn't exist. Come on. Oh, we're going to get a little bit deeper. 
But then let me tell you why. Why is favoritism wrong? Why is discrimination wrong? Why is it wrong? And James goes on to tell us why. He says, why? Number one, because it dishonors God. He says this. He says, has not God, listen, my dear brothers and sisters, at verse 5, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. What is James saying? James is saying this, is that you have the nerve to discriminate against people and God has not discriminated against you. That when you were dead in your sins, that when you were poor spiritually and had nothing, he chose you to be rich in faith. You dishonor God. So you know what? When you're talking bad about your brother and sister, when you're talking down to your brother and sister, when you're being condescending to your brother and sister, when you're having evil thoughts about your brother and sister, you are dishonoring God. You want to know why you're dishonoring God as well? Because not only does God not do that with us, he doesn't do that with you. you do you realize that Jesus went to the cross it didn't matter your background. It didn't matter what you would do. It didn't matter what your sin was going to be. He still went to the cross for you. It didn't matter even if you would accept him or not. He still went to the cross for you and still died for you. So who are we to talk down or to look upon somebody that doesn't think like us or even act like us with any type of, us of arrogance and show favoritism? Because that's not what God does to us. But then he says it not only dishonors God, but it dishonors people. Because remember what Jesus said when the, when the rich, when the, not the rich ruler, but when the lawgiver, the lawyer tried to question him and say, hey, what's the greatest command that there is, Jesus? And Jesus said, hey, it's easy. We're summing up the law like this, that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But it says the second one is like the first Love your neighbor as yourself. Matter of fact, 1 John puts it even little, even puts it even more. He says, don't even open your mouth and say that you love God who you can't see, but you can't stand your brother who you can see. No, don't even go there. But how many of us, well, man, oh, man, I love Jesus. Jesus is great. I can't stand that brother. I can't stand that. She always, man, you see who she voted for? You see, oh, you see this? You, oh, man. Huh. But the Bible says they'll know we are Christians by how much, Christ, by how much, how much scripture we post. They'll know we are Christians by the candidate we vote for. They'll know we're Christians by what? Love. By our love, by the way we treat one another. And James is saying that if you are a follower of Christ, if you have the audacity to say that you know my brother, then you better treat people the way he treated people. That's what he's talking about. 
And then here's the thing. It not only dishonors people in that, in, in that way, but it dishonors people in the sense of that each and every one of us have the imagio day. We have the image of God. Basically, God has created his image and it's stamped on each and every one of us. And when we think that we're better, when we talk down to people, when we treat people differently, we think evil things about people, we're saying, God, you have made a mistake. And we're speaking against the image of God. Because here's the thing, you have never laid eyes on anyone that is not desperately loved by God. And so you're not only dishonoring God, but you're dishonoring his people. And what he said is, you've just broken the whole law. You've broken everything. There's no saying that, oh, but, but Lord, you know what? They're, 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 pro, they're pro-choice. Jesus said, I don't care. Love them. But Lord, they, they voted They voted for for Trump or they voted for Biden. I don't care. Treat them with dignity and respect. James is digging all it is what it is. But then here, why? Why do we do that, though? Why? Why do we show favoritism? Why? Why do we discriminate? Why? Why do we treat people badly? Why? Well, one of the ways we do it, we do it out of fear. We fear what we do not know. We fear because we've not taken the time to get to know someone. We fear that, man, maybe if we take the time to really hear somebody out, maybe they might really make sense. Maybe if I take the time to hear somebody's experience, maybe I realize that really we want the same thing in some areas. Think about it for a moment. We're gonna, and, and again, remember, we're talking to people in the church who say they love Jesus. Think about it for a moment. We're going to get to heaven, and we're going to surprise who's standing there. Because we're going to realize that some of us have got some of our stuff wrong. We're going to get there and some of us are going to look and be like, you mean Catholics made it? Some of us are going to be in there, oh my goodness, you mean Methodists made it? Presbyterian, Lutheran? What, you mean Pentecostal? I thought all they did was roll on the floor. I have a Pentecostal background, so I could say that. But we're going to be surprised. Why? Because the law is summed up in loving God with everything you got and loving your neighbor as yourself, but we have made it all about everything else but that. And in an effort to try to defend God, God doesn't need defending. God doesn't need you to pick who's on his team. God already already has that all figured out. But James says this, he says, when you show favoritism, when you have any type of bias in things in your heart, you sin. It doesn't matter 
if a murderer is sitting on death row, you're in the same category with them, so you might as well go sit next to them. Matter of fact, remember Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he turned up the heat when he talked about even if you call your brother a fool, you've committed murder. <coughs> so why? We do it out of fear, but also the second thing, we do it out of ego. Because we live in a society that's all about me, myself, and I. I'm going to get mine. I'm going to make as much as I want. I'm going to do this because it's all about me. Do you realize that everything in our culture isn't scriptural? Do you realize that everything we champion ain't scriptural? I don't care how much you try to fit it, you're not going to fit a triangle into a round hole. You see, that's why he says beforehand, that's why I read the verse that says, and not be, and being undefiled by the systems of this world, because what's happened is the church, and even it, it happened back then. That's why he even had the nerve to say, he said, and keep oneself from being polluted by the world, because it was even happening back then with Greek and Roman culture. And what is happening today, it's happening even today with our Western culture. Do you realize that our Western culture is so opposite of what Scripture is? Our Western culture is all about me, myself, and I. But do you realize that if you're to be a follower of Christ, that there's something about our faith, our faith is individual in the sense of I can't accept Jesus for you, but your growth and development can't happen outside the context of community. Your faith is communal. That's why many times when Jesus, when God was talking to the nation of Israel, do you think everybody in the nation of Israel? But it was together. It was communal. Our faith is communal. That's why he even talks about us being a body, that we are a body. We are connected together. That's why we can't show favoritism, because we're all connected together. We're all one body. We are his body. We are his children. So what are we to do? We are to build bridges, not barriers. We're to build bridges. And you say, but, 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 but they don't think like I do. But, but they voted this way or they support this way. I don't care. Build a bridge, not a barrier. Because what did Jesus do when he died on the cross? He built a bridge for all of us to walk across. And then he tells us at the very end, he says this. He says, speak and act as of those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to, excuse me, to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What is he saying? He's saying we need to be a community that loves one another. We need to treat one another fairly. But he says we need to be a community. We need to be a people who are people of mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is compassion and kindness. Mercy is forgiving. Yeah. That we are that. He said, and what does he say? He said mercy, kindness, triumphs over judgment. 
Yes. It's, it's very interesting is that we all would agree that a mark of a believer, you're going to display the fruit of the Spirit. Favoritism and hatred ain't one of the fruits. Kindness and gentleness. And some of us need to check the way that we talk to one another, what we think about one another, and what we do to one another that don't necessarily have the same perspective. Yeah. And I purposely have used some trigger words. Black Lives Matter, immigrants, border, Hispanic, Asian, Trump, Biden. Because if those words bring up something in you and the people who you associate with it, then you might have something in your heart. And that might not be a trigger that might be the Lord poking you. Because we all have work we have to do. And the Lord's even working with me. I have a brother-in-law. Um, and I always laugh because my wife, Becca, she's here. You know, she's, she's Hispanic. And I'm, I'm the black sheep of the family, literally. Because uh, <laughs> all my other sister-in-laws, they, they married uh, uh, white guys. And, um, and they all speak Spanish, and I don't. So I feel you, Dwayne, all the Spanish I got, you know, are there. But my one brother-in-law is a fundamental Baptist. And if you know anything about fundamental Baptists, um, very rigid, KJV-only things. But he is what you would epitomize, if I was to say a word, a trumper, is a trumper. And so all the time he's tweeting out or not tweeting, he's sending texts on just different stuff. And guess what? Every time it puts a little reaction in me. But you know what? The Lord had convicted me one time. And he said, you know what? Who is Jesus to him? Okay? Who is Jesus to you? Okay. That's the connection point. All the other stuff is worthless because it doesn't make a difference of heaven or hell. And so what I'm saying is, what James is saying is, is that stop making salvation about everything that it's not going to be by showing favorites based on your opinion. If your opinion is something that's different than Christ and the way he treated people, then it's off. Yes, everyone to stand to your feet. This is a harsh passage, and it's tough to deal with, which I think, which is why Pastor John asked me to do it. <laughs> so that way I could just be gone and, hey, Hey, yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> um, but really, I think if there's any a time where the world needs to see the body of Christ be the body of Christ, it needs to be now. But the sad part is, 
is that we've allowed ourselves to become defiled by the politics and by the culture of our society. Forgetting that if you put anything else above your kingdom citizenship, it's wrong. That if I would rather stand beside somebody who voted like me than someone who is my brother and sister in Christ, then you've got it all wrong. Because we forget the fact Jesus set such a perfect example for us. Do you realize Jesus had it all in his disciples? He had someone who was a zealot, who was basically tear the government down, blow it all up. They were terrorists. He had fishermen, small business, men and women. He had tax collectors, people that were a traitor to their own country, who was all about getting paid. It's all about capitalism, making money. I want to make money. He had the whole gambit. But yet, what happened? He took 12 men who were all over the place. And even one of those 12, he knew would betray him but yet he treated them all the same. Matter of fact, do you know the fact that, man, good thing that I'm not Jesus, because the very one who would betray him, he made him in charge over the money. (laughs) Do you think that I would let the person handle the money who's going to sell me out? And sell me out for some money? Crazy. But Jesus was doing all of that to set an example for us that even someone who has betrayed you, who you feel like betrayed you, you still love them and treat them the same. Jesus still had Judas at the table. And I can only imagine when James is writing this, he's taking it personal. Because you forget, he was Jesus' brother. So he watched how Jesus treated people. Even to the point at times where he probably thought, you are crazy. You're not of this world. How can you eat with tax collectors? And how can you, you know, do you know who you got? You got a zealot following you around or a prostitute washed your feet. Do you know that Caesar is supposed to, you're supposed to honor Caesar and everything you're doing is opposite of what, wait a minute, you're crazy. But yet he's writing this, do not show favoritism because he watched his brother over and over and over again love people that should not have been loved, respect people that should have not been respected. And so he's writing and he's saying, If you say that you love my brother, if you say that you follow my brother, you're not going to be hateful to one another. Why? Because my brother didn't hate people. And as he's writing, I can only imagine tears in his eyes. As he said, I even watched my brother 
were the very people that put him on the cross. I watched my brother look at those people while my sisters and my mom, we were mortified, where we couldn't even recognize who he was. But I watched him look down and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He loved them to the end. evoked a reaction in you. Maybe it's the Lord saying, it's time to get it right. You see, you could still go to church with people because the lie is, well, I go to church with people that are black, that are white, that are Republican, that are Democrat, that are pro-life, that are pro-choice, all these things. And we could say that we go to church, but yet we still leave and talk bad. You could be in a room together. All these people, James is talking to people who go to church together. So if he's talking to people who are going to church together like that, how much more for us? So here's what I'm going to do. I want to pray for you, and I'm going to ask you just to do something. And on the count of three, if you say, you know what? That's speaking to me. I'm going to ask everyone just to bow your heads, close your eyes. And I ask that you do that because I don't want you thinking about anybody else. This is between you and the Lord. And I'm going to ask you on the count of three just to raise your hand. And all that's saying is, can you pray for me, Telvin? Because I believe that that spoke to me. That there are some things in my heart that I need to get right. One. I believe the Lord is speaking in this place. Two, I believe he's wanting to purify his church so that we can be the light in a dark world. Three, if that's you, lift your hand. Now, I would lie and say I see the hands, but to be honest, I can't see anything. But I trust that some of you have lifted your hands and thank you for your honesty. So I'm going to ask you to put them down. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do next. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. But here's the thing. I'm going to say this statement, and don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Is that me just praying for you ain't going to do the work. Because sometimes we use prayer as a scapegoat to advocate our accountability and responsibility. You see, when I pray for you, I'm going to pray that God gives you the courage to do what needs to be done. So what's going to happen is some of you are going to have to take down some posts. Some of you are going to have to go and make some phone calls. Some of you are going to have to go to some brothers and sisters across the aisle and say, hey, can we go to coffee and let's talk? 
That's what's going to have to happen. That you're going to have to do the work. And I believe that when the church gets this right with what James is talking about, I believe when the church begins to walk in that level, that we're not advocating our responsibility to government. And I'm not saying we, we don't vote, we don't do those things. But what we do understand is our allegiance is to someone who is greater. And he's not fitting into the agendas of this world. Do you realize God isn't Republican or Democrat? There's both sides that are he could come up against. You realize he's not American just for America. That he's for this whole world. He's for all of his children. And his desire is that all of his children come to number one, know him. And number two, love one another. Jesus, before he went to the cross, he said, I pray, Father, that my children are one just like you and I are one. Why would he even pray that? Because he knows the tendency that we have, that the enemy's greatest weapon is division. And how does that happen? It, by favoritism. And the enemy keeps playing it because it works. He's done it from the very beginning. And so what I'm saying is to say all of that, I did it in preacher fashion, said something that could have been said in like two sentences. I said it like in, in paragraphs, but I say all that to say this. Let's get it right. Let's, let's show the world that we have the answer. And the answer is Jesus. And Jesus changes everything. Lord, I pray for those that lifted up their hands. Lord, I know that probably during the message that there were some areas that were, that were provoked, engaged, and I know there were probably some faces that people saw in their heads. And I pray that, Lord, whatever it is, whoever those individuals are, I pray that, God, you would give them the courage to make it right. I pray that, Lord, as a body of Christ, that we could start walking in your love, that we could be people of mercy, God, that we could be people of compassion, of kindness, that, Lord, we can do all of that and we could be kind and compassionate and gentle while still standing for truth. And so, Lord, I pray right now that, God, you would just begin to do a healing work as people begin to be obedient to what you asked of them I pray that you'll begin to see healing flow in Jesus name Amen Thanks again for listening to this week's message and if today's message helped or inspired you feel free to share it with someone if after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot LifeHouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.